You are listening to the Whatsoever 168 podcast with Jen Renault. Welcome back to the Whatsoever 168 podcast. I am your host, Jen Renault, and today I have a gentle, sweet, and super special guest. In fact, when God put this podcast on my heart, I wasn't telling anyone about it because this technology is so out of my comfort zone. But I went to this young lady and asked her to lift this project and my podcast in prayer. And here we are today with her. Pretty exciting, huh? Now, before we dive in, I hope you, like our guest today, will help me get the Whatsoever 168 podcast word out. If you haven't already, please subscribe to and follow our podcast and hit the like and comment button to let us know how we're doing or to recommend a future amazing guest like our guest today. And speaking of her, let's dive in the deep end and learn all about Miss Lexi Buckner and her Whatsoever project. Hey, so we're hit sitting here with my good buddy, Lexi Buckner. Welcome, Lexi. How are you doing today? I am wonderful, Jen. How are you doing today? I am fantastic and totally shocked. So I'm actually just now, Lexi is a buddy of mine, and, and while I've only known her for a short time, she is a dear friend. But I'm just now learning that Lexi isn't even your name, so I decided instead of asking you off the air, before we dive right into your whatsoever project, Please tell all the listeners how Lexi is just a nickname that I literally just learned 30 seconds ago. Uh, yes, it is just a nickname. My real name is Alexandria. Alexandria. Are you named after anybody special? No, I was actually named by a three-year-old boy at the time. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. So how does Lexi come into all of that? It was just my nickname from birth. My mom decided to call me that. And... Um, that's actually not how you spell it. Oh, I'm writing it down and she's telling me that's not how you spell it. So you are no you know that you're live right here with us. So how do you spell Alexandria? It is Lexi. <laughs> it is A L E X A N D R E A. E A. Okay, so get that right. So there's not even an I, but yet there's an I in Lexi. So anyhow, welcome Alexandria, aka Lexi Buckner. Since we now know who you really are. I would like to talk to you today about your whatsoever project. So we're up and running. This will be our technically fourth episode, third interview. And I've been talking to the listeners about the whatsoever project and how it's it's based off Matthew 25, whatsoever you do to the least of my people that you do unto me. And so Lexi has a very special whatsoever project and I want her to share that with you today. Yeah, Jen, so I am actually discerning entering into the religious life so surrendering my life in totality to the Lord's will for all of his children that he places in my path. I love the word totality. It's all encompassing. And so the word discernment for those, you know, a lot of people hear these words in our faith and they can be a little daunting. And I can remember before I really understood what those words meant, I can remember thinking like, that's just, that's, it's higher than I am. It's more elevated than I am. And I never really made that effort to learn, like, what does that mean? And I had a few, God put a few people in my life that guided me to learn, well, what, what is that? So if you could, for our listeners, explain, what does it mean when you're discerning? Ultimately, our um, goal is to love and to be loved. Mm -hmm. um, and within that, we have vocations. Um, we have two, we have big vocations, which can be either 
becoming a priest or a religious sister or becoming married. Mm -hmm. And then within those vocations, we have small vocations as in um, what we're supposed to spread for the Lord, whether it's his mercy or if we're uh, supposed to start our own ministry, whatever it could be. So discernment is really just spending a lot of time with um, the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament and just praying and listening to what his will is for your life. So what if somebody doesn't want to get married, and then so what what are they discerning then? They can possibly discern becoming a sister if they're a girl, or a priest, or brother if they are a boy. Or there's also like consecrated single life. So we're called to love, like I said, in all different forms, and that can be as a single person, a consecrated person, or a marriage person. Gotcha. So what that means now is basically you're getting ready to discern. And so can anybody just discern wherever they are or, which I know that they can, but really how does it pertain to you? Where, where will you be going to discern? Are you staying at home or what's happening in your life? Yeah. So in my life, I am at the point where I truly believe the Lord has called me to consecrate myself to him. So I am next week leaving to go discern further with a specific religious order in Jacksonville. So I'm just going to go and live with them, um, join with their prayer life, their apostolic work, their community life, and see if that's really a right fit for how my heart was created to serve and love. What is apostolic work for those who don't know? For lack of better words, volunteer work, really. And each order has their own mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all live out volunteer works according mm-hmm. to their mission. And so the place that you're going to in Jacksonville, it's a convent? Yes. And what's the name of that convent? Are you allowed to share or is this top secret? I believe I'm allowed to share. <laughs> okay. It is the home of the mother. Um, they have sisters, brothers, priests, and a lay movement as well. And can anybody just waltz right in and say, hey, I, I think this is what I want to do? Or how does that work? What is the process with that? Well, you can walk in, but mother or father probably won't accept you right away. They would probably... Oh, um, no, she's here. (laughs) Quick, close the doors. Yes, so they would probably ask you questions, just get to know you as their son and daughter. And if they, through prayer, feel you're called as well, Mm -hmm. you'll start the formation process. Or they'll say, let's wait, and you kind of just stay involved with them. It really does look different for everyone. Okay, so along with your discerning and your praying, you now have these people praying and lifting you in prayer as well, correct? That's special because um, for our listeners, we just, Lexi and I attend the same church, St. Mary's Catholic Church in Rockledge. Shout out to St. Mary's. And we just left Wednesday Mass, the daily Mass, which is our children's Mass. And I just witnessed something so beautiful that I know that I will never forget. I wish I had a picture, but but it is indelibly etched in my mind. But our priest, Father Blake, who's only been a priest for a little over a year, Mm -hmm. he invited Lexi up in front of the altar, and he discussed with the children, or rather explained to the Mm -hmm. children a little bit about Lexi and her journey. And then he prayed over her. And I, of course, you know, we all extend our hands and and close our eyes, but I I couldn't help myself because I knew I was interviewing Lexi later on today and I peeked. I know, I'm sorry, Lord. I probably need to go to confession. However, I peeked and it was so powerful. And I don't know, I saw your head was bowed, 
But I watched all these little kids, kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. So even the middle school kids had their hands extended in prayer for you. So is the prayer part, and it was absolutely beautiful, is the prayer part, as much as you're discerning when you go to the mother house, the mothers there, they have a say as well through their prayer? Yes. Okay. Wow. That's a lot. So it's a mutual, a mutual discernment. Okay. And how will you know? Is like, are flares going to go off or or how? If for somebody who doesn't know, like, well, God doesn't speak to me. And and I tell my friends, like he does. It's in this gentle whisper. It's in a word from a friend. How will you definitively know that, yes, you are being called to consecrated life or no, get out of here. We don't want you, Lexi. Yeah. uh, Jen, I wish flares would go off because it would make life (laughs) a lot easier. easier. Right. (laughs) Typically, it's uh, a tug on the heart or... Just him continuing to give you the grace. Um, next thing you know, you're still in this thing and still walking forward. So he he's pretty clear if you listen um, from your heart. It's really ultimately just trusting um, that you're in his hands. And then keep taking those steps forward until you either make your final vows or he calls you out of it. I love the tug on the heart. It's a gentle tug on the heart and just being in tune with that. So I want to come back to that. But before we address that, I want to get to the person who is behind that tug on the heart. Because I I know that you're 20 and you have a birthday coming up on such a beautiful day on Christmas Eve. How how perfect is that? And uh, you're just 20. And which is great, but you in your 20 years, you've, you've had a lot of experiences. Mm-hmm. And already at 20, you're not even 21, and you're getting ready to go and live in this convent. So who is the person who's now saying yes? Who's the person behind this yes? Okay, yeah. So I grew up in Bavard County. I was born in Clearwater. Florida. Florida. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> I was raised just by my mother. Um, and she is a beautiful woman. But... Shout out, Mom. We <laughs> love you. Yes, yes. You're the favorite. Send money. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I had a little bit of faith um, formation when I was a child through some family members. But it was nothing really that, like, was deep in my heart. Nothing that stuck with me too much. I went, I got sent, it was uh, an accident, but I know it was totally the Lord, to a Catholic school uh, in fourth grade, and just through that, I I never paid attention to religious classes at all, but yeah, but I know just, even though I wasn't listening, the faith was still being installed into my heart, and actually, really funny, I would pass out almost every single school mass, so. Oh my goodness. From that, I I just had this horrible idea of Catholics, and I did not like Mass at all. So fast forward, I went into high school, and I just completely fell off the grid. I became super popular, and um, I just went into the whole party scene and giving myself away to people that didn't deserve it. And about my senior year, the Lord had placed this devout Catholic family into my life Mm. and I was just really at an ultimate low of depression and anxiety and I had just forgotten or never really knew too much like who I was you know and really looking back on it I was just why I was partying I was just seeking for that love of Mm. Christ and I didn't know it so this family had um 
just little by little, I know they were praying for me throughout this whole journey, and they um, invited me to an XLT, which is a night of praise and worship and adoration with the Blessed Sacrament. And I remember nothing like profound happened, but I know in that moment, even though I had come for someone else, that the Lord uh, really, I was going to meet like the love of my life. Um, so you went you went to the XLT praise and worship night yeah. at this church uh-huh. for like some hot dude. Yes. <laughs> and and God's like, uh, I'm a little hotter over yeah. here. Okay. He's like, um, I'm your savior. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, but thanks be to God for that, you know, and there was just some other encounters uh, with the Eucharist and I started to go to mass with this family and um, it was totally out of pride because I was invited to go to Haiti on a mission trip. And I remember thinking, well, I'm not going to be the only one that doesn't know how to celebrate Mass. So I started going, and thanks be to God, I haven't stopped going since then. But um, So why in Haiti? I remember just looking at these people, and like to remind you, I was at like ultimate low of my life at this point. And I remember looking at these people so poor, and I said, how... Do they have nothing and they're so happy and I have everything compared to them and I'm so, so empty. And so that uh, question has really sparked a this journey and um, I came back and I wanted to change and I quickly fell right back into my old habits of mm. partying. But one thing I did keep up, which is very small, was praying before my meals, which was actually a big deal for me because... All my party friends were seeing me pray before this meal. Oh, wow. You would pray in front of your party friends? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. They were like, what in the world? Who is this? Oh, my goodness. Yes. I can only imagine. Yeah. Were you awkward? Was it awkward to pray in front of those party? Internally, it was definitely awkward, but I knew I had to. Right. Yeah. I knew I had to. I felt horrible not to, you know? And so, little by little, um, down the road, I ended up having this encounter with the Lord on a day of this like complete like heartbreak and depression and I remember feeling his peace so profoundly and I just knew even though I didn't necessarily trust but like I knew that in that moment I was going to be okay. So by the grace of God I decided to start RCIA which is um, the process to start coming into the Catholic Church. And I don't want to interrupt you right here, but I will interrupt you. How old are you at this point when you're realizing, okay, I'm going to enter RCIA, which what is RCIA? It is the, it's the classes that you take to form yourself with the knowledge and spiritually to come into the Catholic Church. Okay. The catechesis. Yes. Okay. So you, how old were you at that point? I was 18 yeah, I w- yep, I was 18. I was about to turn 19. So now you're going to go into RCIA. Yeah, so I went into RCIA, and just through this time, I the Lord was really purifying me, so I was still kind of hanging on to my old way of life. So uh, by the grace of God one day, I said, okay, enough is enough, and I had to just cut um, all my friends out, all my party stuff out, um, I had to start living a pure life, a chaste life. He gave me the grace to do it from that moment on, and it just became easier and easier. 
And um, it was definitely very lonely at first because I didn't know any devout Catholics uh, pursuing their faith. Um, so the RCIA classes really were the the big catalyst that that I won't say that final push, but a really big push. And and just real quickly, uh, RCIA is Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults. I just want to make sure the uh, the listeners knew that. Yeah. So that was the push. Is RCIA class for you? It was really little steps for me. The Lord just little by little drew me closer okay. into His love. So it yeah. wasn't just one big yeah, push. It, it was, was these little steps. Yeah, it was little steps. It was many people. Eventually, I became Catholic, really. Mm-hmm. And since then, He has just placed beautiful people that have really helped me to not be that lukewarm Catholic, but to really dive into the fullness of Christ's love, which there's so much more to uncover. Um, Yeah, so really it's just um, a continuous process. And really what really helped me was the Eucharist. Um, So like I mentioned before, when I was very lonely, I didn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. So I went to the chapel Mm -hmm. with the Blessed Sacrament. And honestly, like, at that point, I probably didn't believe Jesus Christ was truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and that sacrament. But I know that to be true now, very true. Right. But just every time I sat in front of that sacrament, uh, distracted or not, I knew he was just changing my heart. And I'm living proof that all you have to do is really show up mm-hmm. um, with an open heart and he will just dramatically transform your life and help you to become the fullness of who he created you to be. Wow, I almost don't have words and that's huge for me. Are you the type of person who, um, once you make up your mind, you jump all in? Because you said you were a party girl. So were you like, I I was the party girl? Yeah, yeah, yes, I I was uh, one of the party girls for sure, but I'm actually more of Peter from mm-hmm. the Bible that likes to jump into the sea and then starts looking at the storm and starts drowning and backs out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because that kind of explains the lukewarm. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the reference because lukewarm, when you hear that verse, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Either you're hot or you're cold, but, but don't be monkey in the middle mm-hmm. and, and make a decision. And I love that you said that you don't want to be lukewarm Catholic. We have a lot of lukewarm Catholics. For whatever reason, maybe they were hurt. Uh, maybe they didn't have that formation. Maybe they didn't have, like you said, that special family. Maybe they didn't have people who are praying for them. All these simple little things that all, like you said, step by step by step, that lead us out of that mediocrity or that lukewarmness mm-hmm. and into I'm jumping all in. That is absolutely beautiful. So here we are now. You talked about your um, the totality and the giving the totality of your heart. You're getting ready to leave here in a week. Mm-hmm, oh yes. my goodness! I'm so excited for you. Road trip, <laughs> and I can imagine there are a million things in your heart, but I see peace in you. Yeah, I see a peace. I'm so happy for you. With that being said, typically at this point, I ask people about their short-term goals for their whatsoever project. Your whatsoever project is is monumental in that you're, you're really thinking, I, I'm i gonna give my life to you and I'm gonna serve you, Lord. And a lot of times people fixate on the things that you won't have when really you have so much. So what is it, instead of your short-term goals, what right now would be your short-term plans? 
obviously I know you're surrendering to God's will. I know that's what you're going to tell us. But what else? What are your plans right now to finish out this year, let's just say? Yeah. Well, first, to get rid of all my stuff. That's that's the process I'm going through right now, which is actually very freeing. And, um, yeah. And You're getting Lord, rid of everything. I Yeah, mostly everything. I mean. Even her beta fish. What's yeah. his name? Mr. Jonah. Right. And yeah. ask ask uh, the listeners, where is Mr. Jonah going to reside in a few days? The lovely, Lexi. The lovely Mrs. Jen's house. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So you're getting rid of everything. What does that mean? Really? It's just, I. not everyone is called to, you know, in the Bible it says, like, unless you sell everything, you know, you cannot enter. But he doesn't really necessarily mean that literally. Um, but in my case, it is a literal sense because I am going to live in poverty and chastity and obedience. So physically, I'm just getting rid of all my unnecessary clothes, all my like bed sheets and um, my decorations around my house. And yeah, so I'm really like, unless the sisters like need me to give them something to donate for their use, I really will probably go with a couple icons, mm-hmm. uh, my favorite picture of Jesus and Mary, and then the clothes I need and some books. And that's the short term for right now. Yeah. And I, I love the um, the reference to the Bible verse where sell everything. And a lot of people, you hit the nail on the head because a lot of people think, I have to give everything up. And the gospel was just about, it's not really so much that he's asking you to give everything up. It's that put me a little higher, mm-hmm. right? Because in the gospel, was it last week, week before, where he says, you know, hate. every mm-hmm. what The hate is the wrong word. It's the wrong translation. Yeah. It's really, I need to be a little higher. I need to be a little higher than Mr. Jonah, the betta fish. I need to be a little higher than these clothes. And so what a beautiful way to view it that way is that we all need to be doing that, not just somebody who's discerning religious mm-hmm. life, but we all need to be putting God a little bit higher. But yeah. here you are taking it another step. That's profound. So with that in mind, let's turn to, let's say that you're accepted and you go in. What will that look like? So then comes the formation process. So there's uh, many different steps and it takes probably over six, seven years to get to the point of final vows, which is um, vows to the Lord for eternity, that you will live in chastity, obedience, and poverty the way the order lives it out. So my long-term goal is to really just be totally surrendered to the Lord and just really be able to say yes without hesitation to His will with joy and freedom. You know, really, that's what my heart longs for. So let's fast forward about eight years. Okay. And you are Sister Lexi, a.k.a. Sister Alexandria. And, and we don't know. We don't know. Would you? Is this an order where you would take a, a different name? So this order, you actually keep your name, and then we add Maria in it as well. Gotcha. So would you choose Alexandria or Lexi, or you have to pray about that? I would have to pray, but I'm <laughs> I'm leaning more towards Alexandria. Alexandria. Yeah. That's beautiful. So let's move on a little bit further. You gave us a little bit about your journey coming here to where you are now that you're getting ready to leave and potentially surrender your life to serve God. When you go to serve God, let's say that you you do, you take those final vows. 
will you get to do, for those who don't know, will you get to do whatever you want? Is that also part of the discerning process? I know I'm asking multiple questions here and you're not supposed to, but I am. That's how I do it. Or or do you have this special call? Can you speak to that, please? Typically, you're under obedience. Um, So it's really the mother superior, to my knowledge, and uh, the father um, who kind of guides you. So with this particular order, they have convents um, in different countries. So if they feel, hey, Lexi's supposed to be sent to Ecuador, then I'm under obedience to that, and I go to Ecuador and do whatever mission we have going on over there. That's huge. So you don't know where you'll be. If, if this is where you're called, you take final vows, you could be anywhere in 10 years, yes. potentially. It's a very fun adventure. Oh my yes. goodness, that is exciting. So we have that information now. Let's take it another little step, a little bit deeper. I know that you're going off and you're, you're going to be formed. There's going to be a lot of prayer. But what is, what's shaping you now in the immediacy? My spiritual director has a huge part in helping me uh, with this discernment process. And then really making that time for the Lord every single day. So I try to do an hour of adoration every day, daily mass every day, and a rosary. Now, everyone, I believe, is called to spend time with the Lord, um, but it looks different for everyone. So um, in different types of prayers, feed other better. Really, I think ultimately it comes down to no matter the busyness of your day, you have to make that time for the Lord. Maybe uh, you're a new mom or a new job and you don't have that hour. You have five minutes, you know, so starting and inviting the Lord into your day. Even He wants to come to your job. He wants to come into the mess of your family. Like he is like that loving, good father and friend that just wants to be there with you. But he's so gentle that he'll never invite himself. He has to be invited. Right. So he has to be invited. So we know that you're you're giving this hour, you're praying the rosary, you're going to adoration. What else are you doing? I know that um, for those of our listeners who don't know Lexi, she just returned from the Holy Land. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the Holy Land. Yeah, the Holy Land was a big gift from the Lord. It was a gift um, in a literal sense for me to go. The Holy Land was uh, just very beautiful. For those of you that are doubting Jesus' existence, he is real as real can be. And he's so humble. I really saw his humanity there. Just living in Peter's house, being born in this. It's actually a cave that he was born in. And just suffering as man. For me, at least, I almost, to an extent, thought like when he was going through his passion that, well, it couldn't have been that bad because he's God, too. But he took it and human form in totality yeah so the holy land was i'm still processing it i just got back a couple days ago but it was just uh it made it reality and it showed me the like immense love and humility of christ i have not had an opportunity to walk where jesus has walked so that is that is on my bucket list so it's so exciting from and i know you're still processing your your pilgrimage Mm -hmm. but is there one moment that stands out I really, so this is actually kind of an um, image I've always had in my head, um, even before I went, but it just kind of made it more real. I like to think, just trying to understand the Lord's love for me more, and that comes simply by just allowing yourself to be loved. You don't obtain it by anything. 
Really, I was gifted the grace to go to Calvary, where Jesus was crucified four times, and two of the times was during the hour of mercy. But just the image that in his humanity, without sin, I almost, to an extent, like to think that part of him wanted it to stop um, because he was suffering. But I also like to think that he thought of me in that moment. Mm. And and to be there yeah. and know that he thought yeah. of each of us. Yes. But in that moment, me. He thought of me, me yeah. and you. Yeah. Wow. And so it's like, it's almost like if he was about to give up, I hope I'm not spreading any like heresy or anything, right. but like if he was about to give up, he was like, no, my beloved Lexi. And it gave him the strength to stay on that cross. And that's how he thought for each and every one of us, you know, because he's so personable. It wasn't just he died for me. Mm-hmm. It's like he almost only died for me, right. but he died for all of us with right. that immense love. Wow. And that's the moment that stands out the most. Yeah. From the Holy Land. Yeah. So you went on the Holy Land. You're still processing the Holy Land. But what a, what a beautiful takeaway. Just that, just that knowledge that he died for me. And yes, we know he died for everybody, but to have that intimacy to realize that anybody can say, oh, everybody. We, we use these big, broad, vague words, but when it's personal, you know, our pastor says it's personal, mm-hmm. it's intimate. And when you realize for me that I am, I, I have value too. And maybe, you know, this is coming full circle for you. You had this kind of distant life from him. You were partying. You were... Uh, not so much disdainful, but very dismissive dismissive of his presence because you hadn't had that personal encounter. Yeah. And so then you did have that personal encounter, bringing you back. And yet now you're feeling called to religious life. And then you have this gift, this blessing of an opportunity to go to Holy Land where it resonates. It's personal. It's you, Lexi. Oh, my gosh. that's I have goosebumps right now. So that's the Holy Land. Let's go back to something you mentioned earlier. Ecuador. Mm -hmm. I know that you went on a mission trip this summer to Ecuador. I'm sure you had a little bit more time to process that one. So I wanted to hit that. How did that shape you? So Ecuador, so my very first mission trip to Haiti was very fulfilling, consoling. And so I was expecting the same thing going to Ecuador. And it was the exact opposite. It was very spiritually hard, but it was very beautiful and necessary for my continuous sanctification. Mm-hmm. Ecuador just really showed me that um, we don't know, and I don't say this with like a rush to like panic people, but we truly don't know when the day that we come to meet Christ is. Right. Um, so it really just gave me a zeal to live every day. We hear it so often, live every day as if it's your last and for the Lord, because We are all called to holiness, and it looks different for everyone, and we're all called to be saints. And so Ecuador just really showed me that. I need to stop saying tomorrow. I need to stop, you know, um, like when I was in my party life, I would say, oh, when when I grow up, I'll stop partying. Thankfully, um, I met the Lord before that, but really stop making excuses Mm -hmm. and... Be who the Lord called you to be now because that's the only time that we're guaranteed. 
Gotcha. I remember I went on my first mission trip to the Dominican Republic and it was transformative, right? Had this great experience. It was a teaching mission. And then I went back. So a little different for you. You went to Haiti and then you went to Ecuador. I went back on a second teaching mission trip and it was different. And there were different pressures placed on me. And I remember feeling that my time was not needed and that it wasn't valued. And it wasn't until I got on the plane, and I still I served joyfully, but the whole time I thought, I wasn't needed this trip. I'm not feeling what I felt last time. Mm-hmm. And I, I went into it thinking that it would be the same, right? Or maybe even a little better. It was not until I was on the plane and a young man who I had met on the first trip, he and I, because his father wasn't there, who had helped to kind of lead the previous mission, he was running the show. And he had called me on the first day to come out and help him with all the children. They were crazy. And, and he said, Jen, I need your help. And his hair's all wild. He's looking crazy. We're sitting on the plane. And he said, Jen, I needed you this trip. Now, here's this 23-year-old young college kid. I needed you this trip. He said, you taught me how to reach these kids and how to make them behave, which they were crazy, Jen. <laughs> but yet I had their respect. He said, I wanted to be their buddy, and I was afraid to drop the hammer uh, to drop the hammer and make them listen. And it was in that moment, on that plane, with a 23-year-old American kid, that I realized that God was using me for a whole other purpose. Mm-hmm. And that was transformative for me, too, like you, because I realized that no matter what it is I'm doing, God can use that. And I just need to be open to that. So really profound. Really profound. Yes. Thank you. Yes, same here. So with that in mind, you're having these experiences, you're being shaped, you're being formed, you went to the Holy Land, you went to Ecuador. And so how is it now, you're about ready to go and feed and you are feeding others. How is it that you are being fed? And I know you mentioned a few things already with with, um, daily mass and adoration and praying the rosary, but how else are you being fed so that you will be able to discern and really hear God's little gentle tugs and whisperings on your heart. Yeah, so like the things I mentioned, Eucharist um, is always the top one, but solid community life Mm -hmm. that is striving to become saints along with me. Um, They really help support me and just whether it's listening or giving advice or just showing me by their example Mm -hmm. what it means to be a disciple of the Lord. And also making sure all the things that drag me down that aren't glorifying the Lord are out of my life. So obviously that looked a lot different when in the beginning of my conversion where I had to truly make dramatic changes, but also now just like the little things, like too much time on social media or et cetera, et cetera, that only distract me from the Lord. Right, so it's not even so much that you're being fed. You're just making sure that you're not being fed bad things. Yes. And not that social media is bad, but too much of it is bad, depending on what we're looking at, can be bad potentially. You're just trying to limit that and minimize that. Yeah. Okay, that's beautiful. So let's move on to another area. You talked about the mother house, and you talked about how there are different people, so it's not just girls going there. There's also young men going there to discern as well. Is that correct? Did I hear that correctly? Not at this convent, no. Okay. So they do have um, they do have priests within that religious congregation, 
But where I'm going, it will just be sisters. Will just be sisters. Okay. So with that in mind, I was wondering because I'm sure you've come across some young priests. As you know, Father Blake is considered a young priest. Uh, we have a seminarian now. Shout out Kyle <laughs> at St. Mary's. Woohoo! We're so happy to have Kyle. But I'm sure that you met some other women who are discerning religious life, and then these other seminarians. Do you see a commonality or a certain personality trait? that it seems to be that all the people that you see discerning religious life have in common? Yeah, Jen, I think maybe beforehand I would have answered that question um, by judging by external, Mm -hmm. but really the Lord calls anyone. He calls all uh, types, um, the ones that you least expect as well, Mm -hmm. myself including, you know, Mm -hmm. and... I mean, really, I guess it just comes down to they have a desire. And I'm not saying people that aren't called don't have this desire as well, but just this desire you can see to serve the Lord in totality by surrendering their life. Um, So you can just kind of see to an extent their words and the way they're living out their prayer life. And But there's also some boys that we totally think that called to priesthood and they're called to marriage. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't, I can't really pinpoint a certain thing because he truly does call everyone, mm-hmm. all sorts of people, the sinners of sinners, mm-hmm. you know, and the holies of holies. So that was such a good politically correct answer. Like he just calls everyone. So that could be you or you or you, whoever is listening. And, and really, that is the case, is that we don't know who he's calling, but we have to be open and we have to put ourselves in a position to be able to hear him, like you said. Absolutely. That is beautiful. I'm so glad that you're here today. I know that you have to run. And what I wanted to do is I can imagine that there are some people right now, whether they're young women or even you know older women or young men, older men, they're probably sitting here thinking, wow, this was pretty cool, and I'm inspired. And I lived a crazy life, but I can see that she's been changed, and I'm changing. Maybe I am being called as well. So let's say that they want to um, they want to potentially go down this path. What advice would you give them? My advice, um, whether you're called to religious life or not, you're called to holy life and sainthood in whatever way that looks. So in my advice would uh, take some time to go um, be vulnerable with the Lord in the sacrament of adoration of the Holy Eucharist. Mm-hmm. To start, also I have two, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, be grateful, because a grateful heart really does lighten your burdens. It truly opens your eyes to see the love and mercy of God in your life. So um, I'm trying to take up this challenge too of before going to bed or waking up, like naming the things that I'm grateful for this day. Wow. And before I go on to how somebody can get in touch with you, I see right now you you have a rosary in your hand, and I see you a lot with a rosary, but this is a different one. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the rosary and and why you have one in your hand? So this rosary was a gift from my spiritual parents that Mm. um, they went to Medjugorje a couple months ago. Um, By the grace of God, this wasn't planned when we were in the Holy Land, it had touched, we had touched every single mystery of the rosary. Mm. So every single place that we uh, pray through, it became reality. Um, So when I first started discerning, 
I was actually discerning with another order, a beautiful order of sisters. And they told me one time, when you hold the rosary in your hand, it's like holding Mama Mary's hand. And so I thought, if I'm always holding Our Lady's hand, our beautiful mother, and she's always with our Lord, I can only go at least arm arm length away, you know? So, you know, I swear there's some times where I'm trying to run away and she's like, nope, and pulls me right right back. back. So it's really just like a reminder and a symbol. And I just like, I hope it grows to just have a deep love for Our Lady um, because she's our, our beautiful mama that does so much for us even though we don't under, we don't really see it yeah. that is so inspiring I love it I see you do that and I'm like maybe I need to be doing that and that, what's beautiful about you Lexi is that our little girls are seeing you too and you're young for those you don't know Lexi she's young and she's super cute and it's not about the exterior like you said but they're looking to you there's something attractive to, about you and it's not your it's not your external beauty they're drawn to your internal beauty and it comes through so beautifully and I'm so glad that you were here before I let you go uh, if somebody would like to reach out to you and they would like to chat with you and get in touch with you and maybe maybe they have questions that you can guide them or at least you know you can pray for them how could somebody get in touch with you Lexi yeah absolutely please please if you have questions reach out to me I would love to talk to you um, my Instagram probably would be the best bet. Okay, and what's your Instagram? My Instagram is Lexi Buckner and underscore. <laughs> she didn't know what an underscore was. I had to tell her. So that is L E X I B U C K N E R underscore. That's that little liney thing. So just so you know, I did spell that name correctly. I might not have gotten the Alexandria correct, but I did at least get the Lexi correct. So I feel a little bit validated there. So Lexi, thank you for coming out. Before I let you go, the new thing that I have begun with this podcast is since we are are modeled by the principles of whatsoever you do to least of my people that you do unto me, and the title of the podcast, Whatsoever 168, 168 hours in a week, what are you doing? I've come up with the 168 Don't Wait Challenge. And so how would you challenge our listeners this week for their next 168 hours? I guess I'm going to follow your words. Don't wait to become the saint that you're created to be. So if you need to get rid of toxic things in your life, do it. Trust in the Lord. It is so worth it. Um, Seek that mentorship of people that may be a little ahead of you that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ. And like I mentioned before, like go spend some quality time or whatever time you can give and the blessed sacrament and be grateful and be grateful yes be grateful lexi i'm grateful that you're here today thank you for your time i know you have so much to do you have quite a bit of stuff that you need to purge at home and run mr jonah over to us my girls are ecstatic they cannot wait every time i look at him we'll offer up another prayer for you which will be in our (laughs) nightly prayers i'm glad that you were here you are a beautiful soul our community has truly been blessed to have you this past year year and a half i know my life has been enriched I know that my listeners, their lives are being enriched. And I know that you're inspiring them. So thanks for coming out today. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks be to God. Thank you. I'm so glad you had a chance to meet my friend Lexi. And thanks be to God for the gift of Lexi's life. As I prepare this, she is on her way to the convent in Jacksonville. Please lift our sweet friend in prayer as she continues to listen to God's call for her life. And if you'd like to reach out to her directly to let her know you're praying for her, you can reach her on Instagram at Lexi Buckner underscore. That will be in my show notes. I know she is praying for you. 
and for all of our other beautiful listeners too. Don't forget to follow us and subscribe to our podcast. And remember, whatsoever you do, be nice and make your next 168 hours count for Christ.